Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. We look upon scorched timbers and blackened stones, what used to be walls and foundations of homes outside of Jolkin, a grim reminder of the tragedy that happened here not long ago. Walking past the charred husks are Jake and Cullen, their eyes looking up into the night sky. We follow their gaze and see what they're looking at. Flying above them in the moonlight is Esmir and her familiar, Asilius. Together they swoop down towards their destination, a small forest outside the village, Oifenian's Grove. Let's listen in as they visit their friendly neighborhood triad. All right, so you guys have decided to uh, visit Oifenian tonight and spend the night in her grove. And Esmir's used her harp to cast fly, and she's flown over uh, Jolkin's palisade and is making her way to the grove. And Jake and Cullen, you guys eventually catch up to Esmir, and you make your way into the woods. And just like before, it's like Oifenian knows you're coming, right? Fireflies begin to hover around you and light your way to her inner grove. Around you, you hear the skittering of woodland critters, and an owl hoots your arrival as you reach the center of the grove. The fireflies then uh, hover above you guys and bathe this mossy grove in warm light. Nice. And then, out of an ancient oak tree, steps a smiling Oifenian. Her hair of leaves and foliage flows with her movements, and you immediately notice something different about her. The foliage that, you know, is her hair is now blooming with tiny white flowers. Mm. And she says, You've returned from your quest, and you've come to visit. How wonderful. You look absolutely beautiful, my friend. Oh. I like what you've done to your hair. It's fantastic. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you like it. It's because I'm so happy that you've returned with the missing villagers. Well, not all of them. At least... At least as many as we can recover. Too few. Too few. Yes. Yes, but if it were not for you, there would be no one. We hope to find more. And I know you will, because you are brave and cunning adventurers, and you have compassionate hearts. Yes. Yes. And I'm very glad that you're back. We're glad to be back. I love our visits. Will Elric be joining us? Oh, boy. I know. He fell in Firehammer Hold. No. Aye, fate worse than death. A fiend of the underworld dragged him to the, one of the nine hells. But we'll find him, and we'll bring him back one day. By hook or by crook. And she looks devastated by this news, right? Her, uh, the hair in her flowers, they wilt a little bit. And then she slowly sinks down and sits on the ground. That's horrible. I, I can't believe it. I'm so sorry. Oh, Oifenian, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Elric's a tough guy. And we're going to go find him someday, just like we found the villagers. Aye, tis the plan. And you live a long time, so he'll be back before you know it. Okay, you're right. If anyone can find him, it's you guys. And besides, I bet he'll have some amazing tales to tell. That's right. Come, uh, sit down here with me. And tell me some of your tales. Where have you been? Oh, well, we went to one of these cool realms. Kind of not on purpose. But we went to this cool realm where Halia Brightaxe lives. And then we met this crazy guy that's friends with Agma. Jake, what was that guy's name? Denier. Yeah. The Quill of Agma. Yeah, the Quill guy. What was the name of that realm? Because it was full of, like, um, all the little creatures and... Wait. You guys went to the Beastlands? Yes, the Beastlands. But in our mind, up here. 
It was pretty cool. All the animals there were taught. I was talking with all the animals there. I kind of want to go back there. Yes, we were For dream me. walking. That was pretty it was, cool. It was pretty amazing. And then there was a moment where I had a beard of feathers. A beard of feathers? Really? Yeah, yes. Halia blessed us, and then we got a little over-blessed, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I did almost turn into a sheep. <laughs> That's amazing. Did you know that the goddess of dryads, Venestra, is known to wander the Beastlands? Oh, that's pretty cool, but we didn't see her. No, she must have been busy. Have you heard, Oifinian, that our good friend over here, Esmir, is now a bard, you see? She plays the harp. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah. That's wonderful. She'll have to sing you a song. I'm going to work on a little song just about you, Oifinian. About me? Really? Yeah, of course. That sounds lovely. I can't wait to hear it. I'm going to work on it. It's going to be one of my to-do list thingies. Do What what uh, genre would you like me to sing your song in? Hmm. 80s power ballad? <laughs> <laughs> Adult contemporary. How about something with a mandolin? Something off of Led Zeppelin 4. <laughs> How about bluegrass? Oh, I like grass. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Bluegrass it is. Oifinian... I'm writing it down. Uh, Oifinian bluegrass. What does bluegrass sound like? A lot of like, you a know, lot of banjo, violins, banjo, harmonica, fiddle, fiddle. Yeah, fiddle. fiddle. That's what it is. Yeah, the fiddle. Okay. okay. So let's do like maybe like a oh a Dylan inspired folk tune. Hallelujah. <laughs> Oifinians grow. Owls were keeping a watch. Nice. I don't know. Something like that. So, tell us what you've seen, Oifinian, since we've been gone. Well, I've been seeing a lot of Kelson, which is nice. Ooh. Oh, boy. Oh, a lot of them have ye. Is that why you got those flowers in your hair? Ooh. Oifinian <laughs> and Kelson sitting in a tree. Oh, wait, she is a tree. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sitting maybe on a tree. Maybe Oifinian was, maybe Kelson was sitting in the tree, quote unquote. Oh, no. He's been quite busy fixing up the village and working with the new people. You know, several caravans have arrived since you left for Firehammer Hold. And the new folks seem nice enough. But I'm glad you found the old villagers. It will be nice to see, you know, some familiar faces. Even though they're probably different now that they've been through that horrible experience. Yeah. But they have their lives. And they all seemed like they were ready to get started anew. Yes. They are going to rebuild Jokun. Joking. They have to honor the ones that were lost by moving forward. Yes, you're right. And and I'll do what I can to help. I'll send them uh, birds to cheer them up with songs, and I'll use my magic uh, to help their crops and gardens be bountiful. Aye, that could usually definitely use the help. Hey, hey, Oifinian. Yes, Esmir. Do I look different? Look at me. Do I look <laughs> different? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You look the same to me. Do I feel different to you? Feel Look, look at my face. She mm. thinks she's an old woman. Nope, you look the same as the last time I saw you. No, I got cursed. I aged 40 years. Cursed? By a devil lady. Uh, uh, what's her name? A night hag. Gertrude the night Gertrude. Hag. Yes. Spooky house. Actually, you were frightened by a ghost, not uh, cursed by Gertrude. Oh, that's right. Oh. Hmm. That was one powerful ghost. Huh. I thought it was Gertrude. Okay, so it was a ghost. A ghost? I can't believe you'd be frightened by a little old ghost, Esmir. I got a gray hair. Look it. I got the one <laughs> here right here. It's gray. She leans in real close. Look at it. Mm, I guess that's gray, but you can barely see it. That's 40 years. I think it's only about 10% of her overall lifespan, so I wouldn't sweat it too hard. Yes, she grew out of her diapers, is what she's trying it's to tell baloney. you. baloney. That is baloney. These guys don't think it's a big deal. <laughs> oh, why are you so worried about that, Esmir? You're a fae creature. Your life has barely begun. You have hundreds of years left. Forty years is just a blink of an eye for you. I don't think that that's a fair thing to say. I don't think that's fair. 
Well, I've it's been not. stuck in these woods for centuries, so fuck you. It's several hundreds of years. You made your bed, Missy. You made it. Oh, don't piss off the dryad. I, I'm going to stand up for myself. I don't care who you are. You're just as beautiful as the last time I saw you, Esmeralda. Thank you. Yeah, we get along. We can raise each other. It's okay. We both, li- we both like watching Kelson chopping woods with, with wood with no shirt on, that's for sure. Yeah, am I right? And I hand, like, high five. Jake rolls his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> then my, I'm going to my moss patch. <laughs> I'll be in my moss patch. Oh, don't go, Jake. I want to hear more of your stories. Hey, but we mostly came, well, obviously, to see you. Yes, we did. But also... We thought we might sleep here tonight, but we know that a rest in Oifenen's Grove is worth seven days of sleep in a, in a lumpy bed in an inn. <laughs> yes, and we do not mean to impose, We, but we would... Uh, no, no. Be I love your visits. Grateful if we could uh, pull up a rock. That's a pillow. My head is just killing me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Uh, so you guys spend the rest of the evening telling Oifnian all about your adventures. And, you know, she's enthralled by every word. She soaks in every little detail because um, you guys are like TV to her, right? You're, you're her news and you're her, uh, her entertainment. Uh, you guys have become uh, her only link to the outside world. And so we cut to a wide shot of the grove uh, with you guys under a dome of fireflies talking and laughing. And we fade to black, and then we fade up on uh, close-ups of your content faces dappled by sunlight as the chirping birds wake you from your slumber. And you wake up rested. Uh, you had a great night's sleep knowing that no assassins would sneak up on you in Oifenian's home. Yeah. Um, so go ahead and do your morning stuff because uh, you guys uh, got a barge to catch. I'm saying my prayers to Agma. I'm just going to adjust my equipment, maybe, you know, check, check make sure everything's well secured and, and my, my sword is nicely sharpened and oiled and and maybe break off a small chunk of hard cheese. Because nothing washes down pickles like hard cheese. <laughs> I am going to pull out my um, <clears throat> my balance of harmony mm-hmm. because it's sitting there in my backpack and I'm like, oh, remember this thing? <laughs> and I'm going to pull it out and I'm going to put it on the flattest rock possible and I'm going to watch the balance just because I can, <laughs> and see if it goes one way or the other. Okay. And then while the balance of harmony is doing its balancing, I'm gonna pull out the ear horn of hearing and just blow into it. <coughs> Make sure that Esmere didn't put any dirt in it. <laughs> while, while Jake's doing that, I get out my horn of calling, and I just, I, I blow into it, and I direct it at just him so he can only hear it. And I just blow into it really loud. <laughs> what was that, man? Um, and but when I'm doing the when I'm the with the balance, I pull the balance out and I set it on the flattest rock possible. And I take a little flask of holy water and I I sprinkle I sprinkle the pans with holy water, which I refer to as Agma water. You see, <laughs> this stuff is fantastic. All right, so after you uh, sprinkle the pans with holy water, they begin to move back and forth, up and down, right? And they don't stop moving. So that tells you that there's no uh, consecrated or desecrated things around. But when you touch the scales, you immediately detect two fey creatures. One is Esmir, and the other is in a nearby tree. And then suddenly, Oifanyin appears out of the tree, and she's like, Oh, you're awake. Good morning. Yes, we are. I've been playing with my scientific gadgets, you see. Oh. They're fun. I'm be like, Oifinian, remember this? And I'm going to hold up my gray bag of tricks. Of course. I made it for you. I know. This is probably the best gift I've ever been given. And I think that it's going to pretty much stay that way till the day I die. Oh, that makes me so happy. And on that note, we're hoping that maybe we can find out what 
number six means. I was just going to ask that. <laughs> I was just going to tell you to ask that So, question. hey, Orphanion, blow on it for good luck. Come on. Okay, and she blows on it. Thank you. Come on, four. Four, four. Come here, little boar boar. Rub his chin. And she claps. She's like, yay. Look at this little guy. You know, he's a hero. Borbor is a hero. You should see what he does. But what is number six? Yeah. I have no idea. She's not going to tell us. And as she says that, uh, she smiles and opens up her hand, revealing two more fluff balls. Oh. What? You guys have been so kind to me. You always take time to visit and tell me all your amazing stories. I don't think I've been happier in centuries than when I see you guys enter my grove. We feel we feel the same. You guys. She even called us by our group name. It's those guys. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. It's cool. It's cool. And I want to give you these gifts to show you how much I appreciate your visits and our friendship. Aw. Well, you're the best. You don't need to give us gifts. But I'll take them. <laughs> we appreciate your friendship as well. Thank you, Jake. All right, Esmir, here you go. Two more fluff balls to add to your bag of tricks. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So now you roll a D8 when you use your bag of tricks. Whoa. All right, and then she walks over to you, Cullen. I was thinking a lot about Elric last night and about how, you know, sad we are without him. Yes, it was a blow. Yeah. And I was thinking about how I would hate for something like that to happen again, and what I could do to help uh, prevent that. So I made you some things that I hope will help. And then she reveals a hemp cord with four uh, beautiful reddish-orange feathers attached to it. Mm -hmm. And she puts it around your neck, and the feathers seem to like shimmer after she places it there. It looks so much better than your beard did. <laughs> this is a phoenix feather necklace. Holy crap. And she explains to you that if you die, you know, if you fail your uh, third death save, you immediately become the target of a revivify spell. Oh. In the following round, you regain 2d8 plus 5 hit points, and you gain the effects of a fire shield spell as a fire shield uh, suddenly surrounds you. Oh, if you wow. die, if he dies, yes. If I fail the third death save and would have normally died, but I am assuming because there's only four feathers, this only works four times. Well, it lasts for ten minutes, and once you use it, it can't be used again for seven days. Mm. So you can only die once a week. So yeah, you can saying? only die once a week. <laughs> Other than that, you'll pretty much be immortal. That's amazing. What an amazing gift. Only to be used at moments of utmost need. Jake jabs his elbow into him. Say thank you, damn it. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's pretty cool. That's no, amazing. it is very cool, and I said so. Esmir's over there staring at it like, can I touch it? Hey, can I touch it? Sure. You know, this will really go well with me kilt. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're rocking that. You're going to rock that feather necklace. <laughs> You're going to rock it. And then she walks up to you, Jake, and she says, And finally, for my most handsome cleric. <laughs> and she reveals a crown of supple holly branches. Hmm. Is it like a memory enhancer? <laughs> yeah, it's made of ginkgo leaves. <laughs> this is perfect. Exactly what I need. What did it? What does it do? Who are you? <laughs> yeah, so it's like a wreath of uh, branches and leaves, and it has uh, dozens of tiny little white flowers all over it. And she places it on your head, Jake, and she says, "Now, Jake, you have to remember to gently water this every morning for it to work." Okay? Okay. Ooh. And then she explains to you that while you're wearing this. If you take a critical hit, instead of the uh, uh, the attacker rolling critical damage, you may instead choose to explode into a fantastic number of white sparrows. Okay. Wow. You can explode into a number of flocks equal to your proficiency bonus, uh, which is uh, right now is three. Okay. And each flock takes up 
five feet of space, like a, you know, just like a character would, and you can turn back into yourself after a number of rounds equal to your um, constitution modifier, which right now is two. So for two rounds? Yeah, so after two rounds, you can turn back into Jake. Okay. But not before. Okay. And while you're these three flocks of sparrows, uh, they can't be more than 10 feet apart, uh, so they have to kind of, you know, stick together okay. like a flock. Yeah. And uh, within a turn, they all have to take the same action. In other words, one flock can't dash while another one attacks. Okay. So either they all have to dash or they all have to attack. Right? Okay, makes sense. They have to act as, you know, like a single flock. Yeah. And they don't have to all attack the same target. It's just that they all have to attack or uh, do nothing else. Does that make sense? So if I have two, if I have three flocks, I can have two attack one guy and one attack another. Exactly. So I turn into one of these sparrows as well? Yes, you turn into these three flocks. Gotcha. You explode into into I birds. I explode into flocks of birds. Right. And then every time that happens, Esmir's going to say, what the flock? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Look at that mother flocker. <laughs> nice. And then after the two rounds, you can choose to uh, rematerialize as Jake in any of the squares occupied by a flock. Okay. Now, if the flocks are all destroyed, yeah. then you re- uh, rematerialize in the square of the last flock destroyed, and you'll have zero hit points. So you definitely don't want your flocks to be... Get wasted. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. That's pretty cool. God, that's one of those things where you have to remember that, right? Because yeah. the critical hit against you is so seldom. Um, oh, I but think that's I'll remember it. Cool. But because that's when totally you get a critical cool. hit against you... You're like, oh shit, I'm going to take some major yeah. damage. How yeah. can I get out of this? <laughs> yeah, right. So I you have to this? just, I just have to remember and just oh, to continue remember. to wear it, water it every morning and put it on my head. How do I look? This is fantastic. You look Thank pretty you so sexy, much, Jake. You look nice. Quite jaunty. Quite jaunty. It feels jaunty. Now you look even more handsome, Jake. Thank you very much, my good friend. And then I bow to her. I hold it in my palms, and then I just bow to her. You are wonderful. And she gives you a little kiss on your head. Aww. And then my mm. hearts, then my, then my pupils turn back into hearts. <laughs> well, I hope these gifts keep you safe and aid you in your quest to find more villagers and to find Elric so that we may have more visits together. Thank you, Oifin, you're the bomb. Hey. Okay, hold on. Before we leave, I want to roll my portents. Okay. 11. And... Ooh. Ooh. Nat 20. Nice. I'm going to hit Jake. I'm going to hit Jake with a, an axe. So I can see him turn into a bird. <laughs> a flock I'm of, so tempted. Of flocks of birds. Hey, Cullen, do you want a net twenty? You want a net twenty, buddy? <laughs> Don't make me your accomplice. <laughs> you got the axe. You can hit him, and you'll get your bonus with your axe. First. There's ass assholes, and then there's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you don't have to kill him, just get a critical hit. That's what I'm saying. We don't gotta kill you. Well, the whole idea is that he doesn't take he doesn't take the critical damage because he's a flock of birds. Exactly, that's so cool. All right, so you guys say your goodbyes to Oifunyan, and you make your way out of the grove. It's a you know a very beautiful scene as the uh, morning sunlight dapples through the leaves as you walk with your uh, your newly adorned feathers and flowery crowns. And of course, all the woodland creatures are walking alongside you, escorting you. Peace out, guys. High five, low five, side fives, chippity chip fives. Tail fives. Tail fives. <laughs> and so you guys exit the woods and start making your way back to Jokin. It's kind of depressing. <laughs> it's kind of depressing. Esmir's feeling a little depressed? Not being in the grove, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you you know, you've come from uh, you know, the idyllic fairy tale woods to walking through untended fields and burnt out homes. And then when you guys get to the palisades, uh, the guards they open the gates for you and you guys enter and make your way to the docks. And there, uh, you see that your horses are already secured on the barge 
and you see Kelson and Sir Ken and Sir Jeff uh, waiting by the barge. And you also see that um, all the villagers you rescued are also here waiting to see you guys off. And Liam and Mags approach you and they say, we all came out here to wish you the best and to thank you for all that you've done for us. You know, we know that, you know, we could never really repay you for saving us from that hell, but we all want you to know that we'll never forget you and that you're always welcome here in Jolkin. The fact that we live in your memories is enough payment for us. <laughs> and I pull Liam into a hug and pat his back. Best of luck to you. Thank you. Thanks for everything, Jake. Then I'm going to look at Kurt. I'm going to pull him into a hug. Hey, good man! I'm going to pull him into a hug. I'm going to pat his back and say, if you're ever looking for tie-dye t-shirts, you have to visit Jerry's shop in Daggerford. It's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I will. And thank you. And then Esmir's going to do, come on, guys, bring it in for the shake. And then we do our shake again. Yeah. Jake rolls his eyes. (laughs) And then I, and then I, I, I reach into my jacket and I pull out, I pull out a slip of paper between my two fingers, like a cigarette. And I hand it over to um, Leah, uh, Burnside, Liam Burnside. I hand it over to Liam Burnside, and I raise my eyebrows, and I pass it over to him. It's what a note? Say? It's a note. Okay. She's passing notes. So he <laughs> opens it up, and what does it say on there? It's the recipe for um, my tubers and roots stew. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> he liked it a lot, so he wanted it. And he nods at you, and he you know, slips it into his pocket, and he's like, now... Uh, make sure you come back and uh, visit so you can try it out. Oh, we will. I, I'm gonna. You guys will book me uh, for a gig when I get better at my singing. For sure, and we'll have a big party and celebrate. Yeah, absolutely. We'll rock the doors off the joint. All right. So you guys uh, say your goodbyes to the villagers, and they're hugging you and thanking you, and uh, you make your way over to the dock, and uh, Kelson says. Well, I'm glad your wills were strong enough to leave the grove. I was just starting to think about sending in a rescue party. Hey, Kelson, we're tight. We're tight with Oifanyan. She's not just a regular dryad. She's an old friend now. Look at the the wonderful crown she she gave me. It's fantastic. It does wonderful things. Look at hey, look at his necklace. I in the sparkly necklace. Bro. Doesn't it coordinate well with me kilt? <laughs> That's how we are with Oifinian. And I hold up my fingers and then I cross my two fingers, you know, showing how tight that we're tight. We like this. Yeah. Hmm. Well, she must be quite different than your typical dryad. Yeah, you're just too judgy about it, okay? Just chill. Yeah. Chill. You know, dryads can sense judgy. <laughs> it's, the, it's the elf side of you that's got a little uptightness going on there. You gotta chill. Very well. I will. Try to chill. <laughs> and then Elsmer squeezes his arm. Yeah, you've been working out, huh? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, there's been a lot of work around here. You been chopping wood? You been chopping wood? <laughs> how, how many cord of wood you chop? <laughs> how did you know I've been chopping wood? I nothing. I just was wondering. I just assumed. Well, there's still a lot of work to be done before Jolkin is back on its feet. So I will remain here until called upon by Lord Flotion or Sir Istival. I'm sure we'll see each other again soon. Aye, on the field of glorious battle, no doubt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the barge shoves off from the dock and starts floating down the river, and all the villagers are waving and cheering. Good luck. We love you. Enjoy the pickles I left. <laughs> <laughs> you left the pickles? <laughs> And we left them with uh, carriages full of kegs of beer from Firehammer Hold. That's right. Hey, well, yeah. It'll be the last Athens. beer they see from Firehammer Hold for some time. Savor that stuff. Don't drink it while you work, you say. <laughs> says, says the guy who's swigging Jake juice all day. Yeah, and then I take a shot of Jake juice as I say that. <laughs> as you say that, uh, you look over and see Jack sitting on a keg of Firehammer ale that he kept. <laughs> Except for Jack. I wink. Yeah. And then I, while everyone's waving and looking out towards the shore, I'm turned around and I'm facing the crew and I'm giving them the poking at my eyes and pointing <laughs> to them. 
going Come side on. to side. And they, uh, they say to each other, uh, she really doesn't like us for some reason. I like you. I'm just saying I'm keeping my eye on you. That doesn't mean I don't like you. Hey. So you guys float away from Julkin as the sun rises behind you. It looks like it's going to be another beautiful day as the river sparkles all around you. So what do you guys do today? How do you guys pass the time on the barge? Well, I've got to ask, at some point, will the shadow of Mount Illifarn fall across our barge? Yeah, probably around midday. Mm. Then I stand on the foredeck, looking at its brooding hulk on the horizon, wondering what possible dangers might lurk on the shore in its brooding shadow. Esmir's like, quit brooding, do something fun, <laughs> Jesus. I'm gonna gather the crew, once we're, once we're underway, um, I'm gonna gather the crew again for another session of the book club. Mm. Okay, cool. I'm gonna um, work on a jewelry project, my uh, secret jewelry project that I've been working on. Okay. And I'm going to keep my eye out for assassin ninjas. Yes. That's Coming up th- from the water. You know, they come up from the water and they come up the side of the boat. Those guys. I'm looking out for mm. those guys. They got the straw. They got mm. the straw in the water. Yeah. <laughs> assassin team six. Yes. Anybody see any straws sticking out of the water? Just shoot something at it. Reeds. Any reeds. Yeah. Right. Where they shouldn't be, you know. There's like a group of, of reeds just sort of floating towards us. Yeah. And as you guys are standing at the gunnels, I'm going to be sitting in the center of the boat, as center as possible, sitting down. You know you would be better off if you weren't a target. <laughs> you guys just crawl around on the ship all day. <laughs> <laughs> So as you guys are floating along, um, and not too long after you left Julkin behind, the river, uh, it begins to wind its way through the Sword Hills. And so the lush green and fog of the misty forest is quickly replaced by rocky hills and jagged peaks. And then around midday, Mount Illifarn begins to loom directly north of you. Its tallest peak towers over you and pierces uh, the fluffy white clouds above it, right? And its immense shadow darkens the land all around you. And at its base, you see a dense forest that's, you know, completely shadowed by the mountain. So under its thick canopy, uh, the forest floor uh, sits in like an eerie twilight. And as you're looking at this scene, uh, Jack comes up and says, That, my friends, is the Laughing Hollow, a strange supernatural forest full of dangerous fae and dryads and wild elves. Hmm. That doesn't sound too friendly to me. Hey, the sooner we're quiet in this place, the better. And then we get hit with the crossbow bolts. <laughs> oh. I just see this as an Apocalypse Now moment. <laughs> When the spears and the arrows start just flying out. Don't get off the barge. Fucking tiger, man. A fucking tiger, man. I just wanted to be a cook. (laughs) (laughs) And then Jack says, you know, during the time when Lord Flotion's father united the kingdoms of the Western Heartlands, the dwarves used this area as a quarry. And now that he says that, uh, you can see uh, how the side of the mountain is um, unnaturally flat, right? It's like it's been uh, carved out. Now it's just a creepy dark forest. Jack, who's this Mount Illifarn named after? Well, from the stories my father told me, Illifarn was a great elven nation that at its height stretched along the Sword Coast from all the way up north near the spine of the world to all the way down here to the river. Wow. That was thousands of years ago, before humans, when elves ruled the world. You would think there'd be more ruins left behind, but I I guess they lived in the woods and they didn't build great buildings like the dwarves do. You would think that the way things are nowadays, but my father told me that once great elven kingdoms were everywhere in Pharaoh. Then the humans came and 
the elves eventually decided to leave, and it was said that the King of Ilifarn destroyed the capital so there would be no evidence of its existence. Wow. So it goes, though. So it goes. Well, that's the story, at least. Yeah. That's, uh, that's why so no one goes there to find the secret elven sanctuary full of gems and gold and cool stuff. I, one can only dream what treasures may be there. There was a poem about Ilifarn that my father used to recite to me when I was a kid. I only remember, you know, bits and pieces, but one part went like this. Now but a shadow of its former glory, wondrous Ilifarn has fallen away. But lest ye lose hope of great Ilifarn's revival, know that we dwarves will yet have our day. Hmm. That's pretty intense. Hmm. Well, anyway, we're... We're making pretty good time. Uh, we should be in Daggerford by sunset. Nice. Well, as we as we exit to the west, between the the hills, and leave the Laughing Hollow behind, I drag a, an arm across my forehead, and I say, <laughs> <laughs> I am glad that's behind us. Eventually, the river shining begins to dim as the sun sinks below the horizon. And in the orange twilight, you see the walls of Daggerford up ahead. And by the time the barge pulls up to the docks, night falls upon the city. You see torches being lit around the southern gate and the silhouettes of guards patrolling the ramparts above. The barge gets tied up and you get your horses and make your way to the southern gate which is aptly named the Rivergate. And when you arrive, several guards hold out their torches to, you know, get a better look at you. And they say, what's your business in Daggerford? We are those guys. Aye, and we've returned with Jack. And we are here to see our friend Sir Istolo. That's what we're doing here. We are those guys. <laughs> where is your, where is your, your captain? And then you hear a familiar voice come from beyond the gate. Oh. It's all right. Let them through. Oh, boy. And then stepping out of the darkness into the torchlight is... Curran. Curran. No way. <laughs> the captain. And Esmir goes, hello, Curran. <laughs> no, it's Sherlin. Oh, Sherlin. 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 Sherlin, what's up, girl? What's up? Well, look who's back. That's right. You can't keep us away for long. Bye. How's it going, Sherlin? Well, I'm glad you guys are back, because now Sir Istival can quit pestering me. Every day for the past ten days, been asking if I've seen you. Ah. Ah, well, he's a good friend of ours. It's good that he's concerned. Yeah, you guys are quite popular all of a sudden. The Duke's even been asking about you. Of course. Aye. Oh, yeah? Yeah, rumor is he wants to, I don't know, give you the key to the city or something. Oh. Ah. That's fantastic. What did we do for him? I think we're going to get a cash reward, though, aren't we? There was mention of cash reward before we left. Yeah, Lady Morwen was going to give you a reward. Yeah. You know what? You keep your key. You keep your key. We'll take the cash. <laughs> we'll take the cash. I'll take the key. Uh, you know, it might be worth something. Maybe we could, we could take the cash reward and throw ourselves a parade. <laughs> <laughs> And then Sherlyn, uh, she sees Jack. Oh, Jack, you're back. Uh, nice to see you again. And Jack's like, good evening, Miss Sherlyn. It's nice to see you too. Ooh, is there chemistry between them? Esmir senses chemistry. <laughs> She's thinking, hmm, I can see it. I can see it. And I'm like pointing to those guys like those two. Yeah, those two. <laughs> What's been, what else has been going on here? What happened to the red wizard that we left with you? Well, he's still uh, locked up in the dungeon. Locked up in the dungeon. And what happened to Curran? Where's Curran? <laughs> oh, Curran, yeah. He's gone missing. What? Wait, what? Yeah, since you guys left. Because he wasn't there when we left. That's right. I knew right. there was something awry. We asked Lord Flotion and others, like Isol Sirstival, to look out for him. That's strange. But maybe he got mixed up in one of his gambling deals, you know. He was one of those 
gamblers, always looking for luck. Lady Luck. Or maybe he's a bad guy. Just saying. Well, he's been missing for 14 days now, and he didn't pack anything, he didn't tell anyone. And, you know, that uh, couple he took in that just had the baby, uh, they're watching his house and that shrine he was building. I've searched every corner of Daggerford and the surrounding countryside with no luck. Interesting. Interesting. That might be worth investigating. Hey, we need to we need to figure this out real quick. Well, we've had 14 days to try and figure it out, and I haven't found a single clue. Hey, but you have a forensic mind. <laughs> I smell a mystery. A mystery that needs solving. First we should investigate his place. And then we'll investigate the temple he has under construction. <laughs> there have to be witnesses, people to question. I've done all that already. And what have you got? I told you, nothing. But he just kind of disappeared into thin air. Well, it sure seems that way, because we got nothing. No witnesses, no clues. All we know is that he never made it home after that uh, big party at the Lady Luck. Hmm. No. Hmm. Hmm. Something... Fishy is going on here. So, must have something must have happened to him between the Lady Luck and home. <laughs> we look for clues. For Sherlock over here. You're Sherlock, <laughs> Sherlock over here. I like Curran. I want to see him safe. Where would he have gone? Like he was just like a gambler. Like somebody probably picked him up, tucked him under his arm, and ran off with him. Or. He went back to one of the rings of hell where he came from, and he's having a big meeting with his bosses. Right. <laughs> it's always that friendly guy showing up. The last guy you think is a bad guy. I would like to first go visit my friend, Sir Estival. Yeah. All right, well, I'll see you guys around. Try not to cause any trouble in town. I've got enough to worry about. Oh, we're going to try not to. We never cause trouble. We fix trouble. <laughs> We repair the we'll see. needed to be repaired, you say. Uh-huh. It all depends on if we see any cats, if we oh, see yeah. any dolls, yeah. if we see any ninjas. If we see any robed, uh, red-robed wizards. Yeah, it all depends. Yeah, we don't, depends. you know... We don't make the cats explode. They do that on their own. Okay, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. And she just walks off. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, what was the girl with the funk eye? Nazia. 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 Hey, that's, you know, Esmir, Esmir pulls out a piece of paper. Song idea. Girl with the, what'd you call her? With the funk eye. Oh, yeah. Girl with the fun guy. That's the song right there. I'm going to write that down. So, um, I think she's got something to do with the missing... Is he a gnome or a dwarf? He's he's neither. He's a hobbit. (laughs) A halfling. He's a halfling. Oh, he's a halfling. He's none of those things. He's none of those things. He's around there. He's around there. Jake takes his hand and puts it like up by his chest, you know, about like the height of by his waist. Yeah. Like waist high. Just you know, he's like he's around there. I don't know. We're gonna have to talk to Jake about being a little bit less uh, sizest? Sounding. Sizest? Sizest? You hideest. <laughs> All right, so you guys uh, head over to the stables, which is uh, right there next to the river gate. And coming out of the building is Umbero. Hey, look who it is. It's those guys. Hey, Umbero. Hi. Umbero, how you doing, eh? Oh, I'm a doing okay. Hey, come here, buddy. Come over here. So Esmir takes off her bag of holding. I got something for you. And she opens it up. For me? Oh, my goodness. Of course. You're the best stable guy in the whole... here. Anyhow. <laughs> Faerun. You Sword are in Faerun, Esmia. Uh, I was going to say in this general Daggerford, area just, right here. This, this general block radius here. This, our Anyhow. six feet square that you're standing in, this five foot square. <laughs> and I, I like pulling out, and I pull out the hammer that we, I got from Firehammer Hold. Oh. This 
This, hey, this is a fire hammer hold hammer. <gasps> a dwarven hammer? It's a dwarven hammer. And you know what? It's just for you, buddy, because I know you need a hammer to take care of people's horses. You got to shod oh. those shoes or yes. shod those hooves. Oh, a gift for a battle. That's so thoughtful of you, Esmir. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Wow, this is a nice hammer. Holy smokes, it's so balanced. Oh, those dwarves, they sure know how to make a good hammer. <laughs> you sound like Guido Sard... You sound like Father Guido <laughs> Father Guido Sarducci. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reference. <laughs> I gave him some nice odds. Some very nice odds. <laughs> The freshest water. That's right. I'm going to give him Umbero's best. Come on, horses. Let's go. <laughs> Don't you worry. Okay, good night, you guys. Good night. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and the horses, you know, just happily follow him. It's like you're not even there. Yeah. Come on, ah, The horses, they love Umbero. <laughs> and the horses are like, finally, some decent food. No more magic apples. Yeah, no hanging out in the woods for endless amounts of time, wondering when you're going to eat. Not being left in the woods. <laughs> when, when you're going to eat. <laughs> <laughs> for days on end, getting kidnapped by hillbillies. Oh, nice, quiet stable with some fresh oats. Okay, Umbero, let's go. Then you come to the end of the tunnel, and God is there waiting for you. And he looks you straight in the eye, and then he pays you. <laughs> you see, he knows you was a common. He's like a psychic. He knows everything. And he figured it up all in advance. No calculator, no computer. He does it in his head. Just, you know, 1450 times the number of days he was living. And he gives you all of this money. And you got all of this money in front of you. And then... He starts going over your sins, and you have to pay for your sins. <laughs> Maybe you heard of that expression, you know, you have to pay for your sins. That's the truth. It's like, you know, maybe when you was a little kid, maybe you stole a bag of potato chips. That might be like a $6 a fine. Lying. Every time you lied, $10. Murder, murder, that's the worst. 100,000. Masturbation? 25, 35 cents would have been my guess. It's a cheap sin. But it can amount up, you know, over a period of time. You know, 35, 35, 35, 35, 35. Well, if you have enough money, you can pay off all your sins, then you get to go to heaven. But if you don't have enough, then you have to go back and be born again. It's kind of like going back to work after a little vacation. I keep having this dream, you know, once a week. I don't know how many weeks I've been having this a terrible nightmare. And I'm this real old man. I've just died. I'm standing in front of a God. And I'm just 35 cents short. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roll Radio. All right, so the party has uh, completed their long journey from Firehammerhold. They've dropped off the villagers of Jolkin and had their Oifanian time, and uh, they've made it back to Daggerford. So um, I knew that they would uh, be taking a boat ride down the river, and I thought about having an encounter somewhere along the journey, but then I decided against it because I, wanted, I just wanted them to get back to Daggerford and back into the meat of the story. And I just felt that an encounter would just be a distraction. You know, plus I felt like they might be expecting one. So I decided against it. 
but I didn't want to just fast forward the trip and be like, okay, now you're in Daggerford. I still wanted it to feel like a journey, right? Because that's kind of important for me. I feel like it's part of the story. So I thought this would be a good opportunity for the players to learn some more lore and history that's connected to the area they're in and the story that they're now a part of. And like I talked about last time, um, you know, how do you impart this information in a natural way? Well, I had the NPC Jack with them. He's a dwarf. He's been around for a while. He knows stuff, right? So that would be easy. So then I looked uh, at the map to see what landmarks were there. And then I went to the Forgotten Realms wiki and searched for those landmarks and learned all about them. And then I picked out the things that I thought might be interesting to the players or pertain to their characters or to the campaign. And this way, they learned more about the Western Heartlands, and they learned a little more about the elves in the time of uh, Lord Flotion's father. And I can't tell you how much I use this resource. It's put together by an amazing community, and it's just really a great resource for GMs, right? It's just, there's so much history and lore there. There's so much stuff you can pick from. Uh, it just, it makes my job a lot easier. And I've been thinking more about this, and you know, about how to, you know, get information out to the players, you know, naturally. And another good way to do this is through books, you know, through books that they find in their adventures, like the History of Halia Brightax book that Jake found in Firehammer Hold. Again, I went to the wiki and learned all about Halia, and then I wrote down the uh, kind of the main facts and key points that pertain to this campaign. And then I gave that handout to Brian, and then he told the other players what he learned, and he did it as Jake. So, you know, it made a great opportunity for more role-playing, and it felt like they learned it instead of me just telling them. And in examples like this, you know, where the information that you want to get out is more flavor than substance, I feel it's better than saying, hey, roll me a history check, and then just going, okay, this is what you know, or sorry, you don't recall anything. I feel, you know, that this way the players, again, get the information, you know, in a natural way that feels right for the story. And so here's what you need to recall. You need to check out Roll underscore Radio on Instagram and follow us because that's where we're posting stuff nowadays. And check us out on Patreon if you'd like to help support the show and get early access to the episodes and tons of bonus outtakes uh, from almost every single episode. And check out FanRollDice.com for premium RPG dice and accessories. Use the code ROLLRADIO, all caps, at checkout for a discount. And check out Sirenscape.com where I get all the in-game music and sound effects because epic games need an epic soundtrack. And the game we're playing is Scourge of the Sword Coast by Wizards of the Coast. All right, thanks again for listening, everybody, and tune in next time as our paranoid players debrief with Sir Istival and learn what happened to another resident of Daggerford while they were gone. Let's just say even shopping has consequences.